listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. And it's time for Hymn Sing with Sarah. Hallelujah. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's Easter time, which means we get to pull out all of the hallelujahs again, which is always super exciting. Uh, I, I think... At the beginning of every Lent, I don't think I really realize how much I will miss the Alleluia's and the parts of the liturgy that we take out until we get to Easter. And then it's all of a sudden this like moment of, holy moly, I really missed all of this stuff. This is awesome, which is probably what it's meant to do. So (laughs) So today uh, we get to talk about Easter hymnody which is super exciting. There's also a lot of Easter hymns. So we're, I don't even, I don't know how long this is going to take, but I have notes for a few. I'm going to ask you all about your favorites too. First, I want to mention there is a poll in the Lutheran Ladies Lounge group. So if you haven't taken that poll yet, and you really want to have your opinions known about your favorite Easter hymnody, which I know you all do, go and take that poll. There, there actually aren't as many options for Easter as there were for Christmas, which was interesting. There's only 45 options. I think there were like 60-some for Christmas. I also joked uh, about being careful which hymns you choose because so many Easter hymns have titles that are really similar, and I always get them mixed up. We have, um, let's see, Jesus Christ is risen today. Christ the Lord is risen today. Alleluia. Christ has risen. Alleluia. Christ the Lord is risen today. Christ is arisen. Alleluia. Jesus is risen. Christ is the risen, Christ is living. Those are all different hymns. So you got to know them by their number or their tune, or you just have to look them up. (laughs) But obviously, (laughs) obviously it's Easter. This is what we're so excited about. Jesus has risen. He is risen. We get to pull the Alleluia's out. So of course, a lot of our hymns are going to have that language in them. The Alleluia's are everywhere and it is awesome. Side note... This is part of the reason why I love Easter Vigil so much, because of that moment of coming into the service in total darkness. You hear uh, the stories from scripture about God's provision for his people um, and showing his power over sin and death. And then you hear about baptism and then you pray the litany. And then all of a sudden you get that moment of the lights go on and the bells start ringing and the altar gets reset and you get to say, say, Christ is risen. Alleluia. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. I have not gotten to say that with people. Oh my gosh. What's <laughs> oh, up? Do yes. that real quick. Okay. I keep putting okay. yes. Time out. Time out. Christ is risen. He, he is, is risen indeed. indeed. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. <laughs> my husband and I have been doing it during like live stream church, but it's like, he's risen indeed. Alleluia. Right, you don't I, get to and yell they at don't people. always like wait long enough to give right. you a chance, or they blow. <laughs> Do they right want me to it. say something? <laughs> and I'm like, ah. <laughs> so that's that's the best part of Easter Vigil, probably, is bringing all of that back and that moment of everything just flourishes again, and it's awesome. So that's my plug for Easter Vigil. There are plenty plenty of them on, on Facebook and YouTube now because everyone had to record their services this year. So there's no excuse. Go find one. Go watch one. Anyway, back to hymnody. So the top two hymns are actually not on my favorites list, which seems to be a theme now these days. 
pretty much every hymn that I like is some weird obscure one, it seems. So uh, the first <laughs> <laughs> one that came in first is uh, four fifty seven hymns. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as it goes with the rest of my tastes in music but anyway uh the first one is uh lsb 457 jesus christ is risen today and it was nearly tied with 461 i know that my redeemer lives like we're talking within 10 votes of a few hundred wow. votes. we are not surprised those are solid yep. crowd pleasers you cannot go yep. wrong with making that it's your true. opening hymn and the hymn of the day on easter morning it's uh, true. They are tried and true. Yes, ma'am. It's true. So the next three, uh, third place was 633 at the Lamb's High Feast, which isn't even the Easter hymn, but it oh, made its way onto yeah. the list and it uh -huh. made it made its way up to number three. So obviously a fan favorite uh, on Easter services, probably because we get to bring it back because we haven't sung it for so long. I will just was... say, I'm pretty sure that at the Lamb's High Feast was an easter hymn in a previous hymnal and they recategorized it to communion in oh. the new one in the current lsb i think i think that so i i have a feeling that's what you are not wrong with. yeah oh yeah. i'm literally looking through my other hymnals right now <laughs> <laughs> as we're recording <laughs> she'll find it uh-huh oh, it's, it's not listed as a hymn in tlh though I think it was in Lutheran Lutheran worship. Oh, I'm was not that... familiar with Lutheran worship. Yeah. I didn't yeah. grow up on that. So mm -hmm. you're probably right. I, I just feeling. don't know that. That would explain why it showed up so high on this list. Cool. It's a great a little, one. It a little is. piece of hymnal trivia for you today. Okay. So number four then is 463, Christ the Lord is risen today. Different from Jesus Christ is risen today. And then uh, fifth place is 465, Now All the Vault of Heaven Resounds, which is a fantastic hymn. I won't get to talk one. about that one today, which is sad because it's a Vaughn Williams tune and the words are amazing. But I could only pick so many to talk about. Otherwise, we'd literally be here for hours. So uh, those were the top five on the list. Now it's time for the three of you. And I told you I, I didn't ask for your favorite because I... I know that that's a, not, not a smart question to ask, but uh, what is one hymn or Easter song that you have a story about? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Uh, so I will go with the Easter song by the acapella group GLAAD, uh, which I sort of grew up with because um, they had like a moment, a surge of popularity in like the, eight, the late 80s and early 90s. And my dad was at seminary during that time. My uncle uh, was a pastor and loved music. And so between the two of them, they both loved the group. And I have a feeling part of why they loved it is because one of their albums, like their first big album included um, like I'm sure it came onto their radar, especially because it included a mighty fortress, oh. um, acapella. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, yes. Easter song is great. It's just, it is one of those songs that is just full of joy in the way it sounds, uh, and it gets stuck in your head. Uh, a friend, a friend of ours, um, was sharing when people were talking about it this year. He he was like. Our family has a tradition that whoever wakes up first on Easter 
gets to turn that song on loud in the house to wake <laughs> up everyone else. And yes, it's, it's great. I also love it um, because it does what a number of my favorite Christmas or Easter songs do when they like have a tiny reference back to like the the other holidays. So like what child is this has like the reference to the crucifixion. Um, mm-hmm. So the the Easter the Easter song includes the phrase joy to the world, which it's oh. it's not like that's like mm-hmm belongs to Christmas, but I associate it with Christmas <laughs> because of the hymn. Um, and so mm-hmm. it has that. And I, I, I like the, the connection there and the, the tie back and the sense of completion. Yeah. I, Aaron, I love this. We were talking before about who would get to talk about this song because we both <laughs> grew up with it. Um, the joy, the, the juxtaposition of joy to the world, he is risen, alleluia, is just a really beautiful simple connection there i also love the fact that even though glad made it big it was actually written by Anne herring we don't have a lot of easter hymns from female songwriters or at least Mm -hmm. haven't until recently and i mean that's a small reason to like a song but i think it's worth pointing out um that the the fine fellows of glad did not write the song (laughs) but um they certainly (laughs) performed performed it to perfection I guess I'll, since I'm already talking, I'll go next, and I'm going to go way to the other end of things. We are an eclectic music bunch here on the Lutheran Ladies Lounge. Um, the song that really made my Easter this year was Christians to the Paschal Victim, and I cannot, as you did, Sarah, pull out the number in Lutheran Service Book. For By the way, listeners out there who may not use Lutheran Service Book, whenever we use hymn, hymn numbers, that's what we pull from. So they may not line up to other hymnals. But Christians to the back, Paschal Victim, most more often known by nerds as the Victime Pascali. Um, <laughs> this... <laughs> I also love uh, this one. Very, very old Latin text that sort of first came to my attention. My husband started using it in our Easter sunrise service because the the plain song chant really works at the beginning of that that service. And he would he would chant it and then the congregation would respond with the verses from what is what is the English name for Christus Erstanden? Anyway, the the German hymn that goes, of course, of course it is. Um, (laughs) But this year, I had a new reason to love this song because we decided, well, I decided that we were going to have a sunrise service at our house, just us. So not really a service, but sunrise devotional. I wasn't going to make anyone get up, but I was going to wake everyone up and and let them decide if they wanted to join me or not. And so in the end, there were only three people, myself, my middle child, uh, my, my second of three daughters, and my mother. And so three women oh. uh, walked out the front door and we walked to the highest point in the yard facing east for the sunrise. And as we walked out there, I sang the Victime Pascale, Victime Pascale, <laughs> uh, in the sunrise, in the dew. And it was really, really very special. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I hope that my my daughter will remember it for a long time. 
I know I will. There was something really, I I miss church so much, you guys, so, so much. Mm -hmm. But this was a special gift that came out of not being able to go to church on Easter. So that's my, that's my hymn story for you, Sarah. (laughs) That is a beautiful story. I'll probably think about that now when I'm singing this. And uh, bonus points for that one, because that's actually one of the ones I'm talking about later. So we get to dig in into even more super old Latin chant, which is awesome. Good. So all the listeners out there can hear you say all those words properly. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Production! But first, Brie, you have to go first, and then I get to talk about hymns. So I love Easter hymns. What, but when I think of Easter hymns, I think of like I'm exhausted because it's 5:30 in the morning and daylight savings time happened the night before, so I'm running on like three hours of sleep, and there's trumpets playing my ears, and I understand <laughs> I understand the importance of it. I love it. When I wake up later, I know that it, like I understand it, but there is just something about this hymn that I'm gonna be just mention here is LSB 485 long before the world is waking. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how popular this hymn is, um, and it's not necessarily my not favorite. Not very. But the reason that I do like it so much is it, it, is a, it is a hymn that sort of describes the book of John chapter 21, where Jesus has, has risen and has shown himself a few times after the resurrection, um, and it's the story where the disciples are out on the Sea of Galilee fishing and Jesus is talking to them from the shore. He's got breakfast laid out. And I just think that it's this very mundane, but also very intimate account that I think we sometimes gloss over when we talk about Easter and how Jesus appears to his disciples. I feel like that sort of vibe, I guess, that that hymn puts out to me is a far more appropriate thing on Easter morning because it's early and everyone's tired and grumpy and hungry and nobody has a catch. Nobody, it's not working for them. And then Jesus comes in <laughs> and he's like, I've made you guys breakfast, throw the net on the other side. And to just see this juxt like this, this, this 180 switch from, you know, Peter doubting Jesus as he comes to him walking on the water. He just jumps out of the boat and they say, it is the Lord. And they jump out of the boat. They swim towards him. They eat breakfast together. And that's also John 21 is also the, uh, tells the story of Simon, son of John, do you love me? It's sort of that Mm. what we talk about as when Peter denies Jesus on the night when he is, he goes to be crucified is sort of a reversal of that where Jesus says, do you love me? And Peter says, yes. Okay. Feed my lambs. And so I think that that's another very beautiful reversal. I think if you're looking at it from a literal perspective, it sort of shows the growth of, of the disciples. And so I think that that's very interesting, but overall, I just think that it's a good hymn, good tune. And it's, it depicts a story that I think is long overlooked and is just really it's just really a sweet and intimate hymn and where else do you get to sing the word breakfast in a hymn that might come be and eat Bre- the only come one and eat. right it's right there you should have a dinner bell 
<laughs> choral arrangement of this song and there's going to be a triangle. <laughs> I just think it's a lovely song. The only thing that would make it better is if they had used the word brunch instead. <gasps> oh, Easter Was brunch. brunch invented in the Bible? <laughs> I don't know. Kind of sounds like brunch. I mean, they're eating fish on the beach. Yeah, uh, that doesn't it's sound true. like it's pretty brunchy. Cocoa Puffs to me. That's no. more brunchy. <laughs> that is brunch. You're right. But yeah, that's my story. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, so I have a list of Easter favorites. Probably not surprising. <laughs> um, I narrowed it to five. Um, <laughs> so my favorites are 467, Awake My Heart with Gladness, which is uh, a Paul Gerhardt, which obviously is an awesome text i also uh, love the tune as well 465 now all the vault of heaven resounds obviously an awesome hymn 458 christ jesus lay in death strong bands like a real good martin luther hard-hitting german hymn which i will talk about later yes and 462 all the earth with joy is sounding which is a newer hymn uh by stephen starkey and starkey is nearly on par with Paul Gerhardt for favorite hymn, hymn writers in my book. So wow. that one is another of my super favorites. I chose to talk about four of these. So here we go. Uh, so the first one is uh, Jesus Christ is Risen Today. Since that topped the poll, I figured we could dig into that one. Not on my list of favorites, um, maybe because we actually sing it all the time. So, and I, I don't really love the tune because I'm a soprano and it's low, but whatever. That's just, you know, my nerdery. But it's obviously a favorite for a lot of people because we sing it so often. It always comes up at Easter. Uh, The story behind this text is actually super complicated. So if you have a hymnal companion, go read it. If you don't have one, find someone who does. I'm going to give you the elevator elevator speech, 30-second version of this. Um, Ultimately, it comes from an anonymous text, uh, anonymous 14th century text, Sorexit Christus Hodie, which literally means Christ is risen today. Uh, It's from Bohemia, which is, if you don't know your 14th century geography, uh, it's the westernmost part of the Czech Republic. Over the next 200 years, the text would be translated into German in several different ways. Uh, The first stanza of our present-day hymnal appeared in German in a 1567 collection of hymns by Johann Leisentritt, and it eventually ended up in the 1708 Lyra Davidica in London. A lot of Easter hymns end up in London, by the way. That's like a common theme across a lot of them. Anyway, uh, long story short, stanzas two and three, which are not based on the original Latin, also appeared in a collection in 1749. The doxological fourth stanza by Charles Wesley was published on its own by itself in 1740. And then all four of these stanzas eventually made their way into a single hymn in 1862 in the Book of Praise, which was put together by Roundel Palmer. The addition of Wesley's doxological stanza actually kind of completed the circle, bringing it back to the original uh, Latin slash German hymn that also had a doxological stanza. So complicated historical uh, text on that one. We also get all the alleluias in this hymn. And then stanzas one and three and two and four alternate their uh, their themes. So one and three talk to or speak about the resurrection of Christ and our salvation through his resurrection. And then two and four are invitations to sing praises to our God for the saving work of Christ. The tune, not 
anything super special. The, the Easter hymn is the tune name because of the heading on the hymnal uh, that, that would say hymn for Easter. <laughs> so the tune is called Easter hymn. Uh, it's an anonymous tune also from the Lyra Davidica from London. And the setting that we sing, at least, is from the Lutheran hymnal. So, of course, part singing is kind of awesome on Easter morning. So that is Jesus Christ is Risen Today, the short version. The next one, which... <laughs> Did you just say, Sarah, by the way, that the tune is nothing special? People are going to come at you for that. <laughs> they are. <laughs> It is not my favorite tune. I'm sorry. I'm not a fan of British tunes. We have talked about this before. That's true. You have Bon Williams. You have my ex. Don't at me. Sorry, guys. British hymns are just not my favorite. And I know there are people in the lounge that are going to give me flack for that. Except come at me, bro. I love British hymns. People in the hymn in the lounge, come find me. <laughs> so moving on. Uh, Four sixty one. I know that my redeemer lives. Another chart topping hymn. This one seemed to be divisive, though. There were there were a lot of people that were like, "It's not Easter without this hymn," and then there were other people that were like, "Um." unpopular opinion i hate this hymn so i i know you know really probably sure. why it is 10 verses and you can't not <laughs> sing them all right, i love this can't. hymn and even me even i find that too much but i can't think of which one i would leave out because they're all so good so you're yeah. gonna be exhausted by the end and yeah you're gonna have mixed feelings about the experience that that is a fair point uh it's another one i don't like the tune of it again i'm sorry so that <laughs> 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 um, I also love the Handel um, rendition of this text too in the Messiah. I know that my Redeemer liveth. That if I'm going to go with something on this text, I'm going to go with the Handel because that soprano aria is glorious and I love it. Uh, the text for this one was written by Samuel Medley. Um, and I will tell you a bit about him in a minute because he actually has a really interesting story. Uh, it was published in 1777 in a collection by George Whitefield. And this collection has a really long name, so I had to put it in here. It's a collection of hymns for social worship, more particularly designed for the use of the tabernacle and chapel congregations in London. That's the name of the collection. That's so oddly specific. <laughs> right. They did titles right back then. <laughs> you knew exactly what you were in for with that title. <laughs> no ambiguity there. <laughs> so uh, his original text for this hymn is nine stanzas. Our version in LSB omits stanza five. I don't know why stanza five, but it doesn't have stanza five. Uh, the text obviously is from Job 1925. For And I took this from King the King James Version. For I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. We all know that's where that text comes from. But it was very popular among Lutheran composers back then, including Telemann. Uh, it's possible that uh, Samuel Medley was influenced also by Gerhardt's hymn in 1667 that also repeated the he lives phrase, which could be why it happens so much in this hymn too. Obviously, Handel's uh, soprano aria could have also been an influence uh, that was actually published in 1741. So this hymn focuses over and over on the bodily resurrection of Christ and what it means for us as children of God. It celebrates Christ's victory over death and the assurance 
of uh, what we have in our own resurrection uh, to life everlasting. So I think the text is just, it's upbeat, it's happy, and it's, it's a, it is a great Easter text. So Samuel Medley, he was an interesting guy. Uh, he was born on June 23rd, 1738. And I'm going to mess up these British words. I can say German stuff, but British stuff is confounding. Uh, you just got to commit. You just got to commit. It's okay. <laughs> Pretend like you, you shouldn't have even prefaced it. Just do it. Cheshunt, Hertfordshire, England. Mm -hmm. uh, he was raised in a Christian home, uh, but he did not continue in the church as he entered his teenage years and adulthood. He didn't like his employment as a teenager, so he entered the Royal Navy instead because Obviously, you go into the Navy when you don't like your job. In oh, or just because the Navy is awesome. Go Navy, beat Army. Just... I love this Navy connection. Fair point. So he entered the awesome Royal Navy. Uh, this time in British history, however, was the Seven Years' War. So he actually entered into battles at this point. And he was severely wounded while fighting the French on August 18th, 1759. His leg was so severely wounded, it was set to be amputated, which would have been pretty terrible back then. I guess it's still terrible. But anyway, uh, the night before the surgery, he prayed fervently in repentance. And the next morning, he was healed enough that he didn't need his leg amputated. Wow. So he had this like moment in his life when he returned to the faith. Uh, he went to his grandfather's home to recover, and his grandfather was a deacon in the Baptist church. So Medley eventually joined his grandfather's congregation. And instead of returning back to the Navy when he was healed, he chose to marry in 1762, open a school, and study sacred and classical literature. He became a Baptist pastor in 1767 in Hertfordshire, then in Liverpool in 1772, and served there until he died in 1799. His first collection of hymns was published uh, 10 years before he died in 1789, and then another one in 1800 was a collection of 230 of his hymns. So this guy, he was pretty a uh, pretty prolific hymn writer. You know, and I didn't check this if this is his only hymn in our Lutheran service book. I'll have to look. There's a list somewhere. So the tune for this one uh, is attributed to John C. Hatton, who also lived in the 18th century. And we know next to nothing about him. So it's also used for Lutheran service book 832, Jesus Shall Reign Where'er the Sun, which I completely forgot about. But that's also a fun one. It's a Isaac Watts text also from the 18th century. Uh, there isn't a consensus on why this tune is named Duke Street. I'm always curious about how tunes get their names because it's always, sometimes it makes sense and sometimes it's the first line of the hymn and sometimes it's just totally random. Likely because it's a prominent street in Liverpool where the book, where the Watts hymn was published originally in the 18th century. That is a little background on I Know That My Redeemer Lives. Quickly, before I get to... Uh, the best part of this whole thing. I wanted to mention... <laughs> the hymns you actually love? <laughs> those ones? <laughs> not biased at all. <laughs> I know those are favorites for people. I'm trying not to be snobby. Sorry. I wanted to mention... Um, I, I obviously don't have time to talk about all of the hymns or all of my favorite hymns. So I was choosing between 462 and 467. But I talked about Paul Gerhardt 
in the Lent Hymn Sing edition. So if you want to know about Paul Gerhardt, go listen to the Lent Hymn Sing or read about him in your hymnal companion. There's a whole long story. I wanted to give you just a teeny bit about all the earth with joy with joy is sounding. So this is a first for him sings the hymn writer is still alive. That is a big deal. I think nearly everyone I've talked about before has been dead for a while. Uh, Stephen Starkey is the text writer. He, he I, I mentioned before he's pretty on par with Gerhardt for me for favorite hymn writers, and he's still writing hymns and they're in books and you can go buy them. So you should go read a lot of his hymns because they are fantastic. There was actually one published in a Lutheran Witness. Mm, there was there was and let me tell you from that association i can tell you that he is not only an excellent hymn writer but he is a wonderful human being um so we are blessed to have him as one of our pastors it's true yeah uh, up in michigan actually yeah bonus points right there (laughs) (laughs) go read his hymns he's an incredible artist with words. He is able to paint these pictures that are so vivid and so striking. And he pulls in other other scripture stories uh, into his hymns too, which make them, they give him a little extra or a little different twist or a different view than some other hymns. I think one thing, and this might be super obvious, but one thing that I think sets Starkey and Gerhardt apart is that um, Gerhardt obviously wrote in German or translated from Latin into German, and then we get those translated from German into English. So we lose some of that original poetry mm. because we're not reading his his hymns in the original language. And I want to learn German so I can go read the original ones because there's you just you lose a little bit when you have to translate poetry to poetry because we have to make it rhyme and make sense in English. Um, but Starkey, obviously, he writes in English. He's American. Um, so we get we get the original language of Starkey's hymns. So we get all of that that imagery and the vividness and the the beautiful language that he puts together. You don't have to ask yourself, okay, this line here, this theology, is this Gerhardt's <laughs> or is this Catherine Winkworth's? Right, exactly. <laughs> you don't have to worry about the translation when you get something that's originally in English. Yeah, so that's, you know, reason to learn original languages. So you can go back and, and read the original texts and not have to worry <laughs> about any possible heresy that any translators may have had. <laughs> LSB 462, All the Earth with Joy is Sounding. The text is, well, he wrote the text in 1995. So this is like actually during my lifetime, which is super cool. Um, while he was at Grace Lutheran Church in Middletown, Connecticut. And it was originally included in hy- Hymnal Supplement 98, that nice green book. The most unique thing that I want to point out about this one is um, amidst the beautiful Easter language and the battle of life and death is Starkey's reference to Jesus being the greater Jonah, as lo- along with the stronger strong man and the author of salvation. I don't think you get Jonah in any other Easter hymn, but if you think about it, that connection is a little mind-blowing and really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Jonah is the only prophet that Jesus likened to himself in Matthew 12, 39 to 41, and Luke 11, 29 to 32. And Jonah preached repentance to the people of Nineveh before being in the belly of the fish for three days. Jesus is the greater Jonah, although he also spent three days in the tomb. But when Jesus gets out of the tomb, he's defeated death, which is like the the best 
thing ever, obviously. So that imagery is really cool. It gives you a little bit uh, of a different perspective and a, and it pulls in different parts of scripture. I love that. Just so that we one. we don't get the um, um actually listeners going, Jonah was in the belly of the whale before he went and preached to Nineveh. Um, You're correct. We do uh, know I this. Said that I, <laughs> when I said that, I went, wait a second, that's backwards. <laughs> but yeah, I love those texts in the Bible. And I'm so glad that Pastor Starkey put this in a hymn because... <laughs> You know, the, all the Pharisees keep coming to Jesus and say, give us a sign, give us a sign. And he says, you're not going to get a sign except the sign of Jonah. And they don't know what he means. But what, what he means is I'm going to, like a, a fish is sort of a coffin-shaped thing. <laughs> I'm going to go in one of those for a while, and then I'm going to come back out. And so it's such a, a, a Christ, Christ-centered, wonderful metaphor that uh, deserves to be put in many more hymns. Great line in that hymn. All right. Now for the best part, in in my humble opinion, <laughs> Christ Jesus lay in death strong bands, aka Christ lagen todesbanden, one of my favorite Easter hymns. It's a great Bach arrangement too, so you get to sing it in the German. I've seen a lot of people put renditions of this on Facebook lately, which has been awesome. Uh, it's actually the hymn of the day for Easter Day, and it's a Martin Luther hymn. So obviously it's going to be great. It's one of those great Lutheran hymns. It was translated by Richard Massey in London, another London connection, in 1854. The tune is also Luther's originally published published in the Geistliche Gesangbuchlein, which was published in Wittenberg in 1524, edited by Johann Walter. So I probably don't need to talk much about Martin Luther. I think all of you know who... <laughs> Who he is and his background and our connection. <laughs> Katie's to <him>. husband, that guy? <laughs> yeah, that, that one guy. guy. <laughs> uh, which is probably good because there is actually a ton to talk about with the text. So do your own research on Martin Luther if you want to know more about him. This text is actually Luther's expansion of the text to the next two hymns in our Lutheran service book, which are actually 459 Christ is Arisen and 460 Christians to the Paschal Victim which is really cool. So you get three hymns for the price of one in this and for the next like 10 minutes. So in classic Luther style, this hymn is full of law and gospel of the depravity of our sinful condition and the glorious saving work of Jesus Christ. And we get to sing Alleluia at the end of each stanza, which is a pretty common theme for a lot of Easter hymns. I have two favorite stanzas of the seven. <laughs> Stanza four, it was a strange and dreadful strife when life and death contended. The victory remained with life. The reign of death was ended. Holy scripture plainly saith that death is swallowed up by death. Its sting is lost forever. Alleluia. I love the imagery of death swallowing up death. It's, ah, it's really cool. And the line that you get to repeat in stanzas four and five, its sting is lost forever. It's And you get to like punch it on those notes. It's really fun. And then, uh, appropriate for Easter Day, is stanza seven. Then let us feast this Easter Day on Christ, the bread of heaven. The word of grace has purged away the old and evil leaven. Christ alone our souls will feed. He is our meat and drink indeed. Faith lives upon no other. Alleluia. It is a really fun uh, stanza to sing during Easter, uh, maybe during communion sometimes, which made it kind of sad this year because... We sang this, but we didn't get communion during our Easter services. So it was a little bittersweet this year. Uh, hopefully next year we get to sing it and then actually go have communion together as a congregation. So this is where the other two hymn texts 
come into the story. Of 459 and 460, Christ is arisen and Christians to the Paschal victim or victime pascali laudis, if you're Latin speaking. They maybe are a little less known. We know Rachel knows them, uh, which is awesome. I learned these back in, I think it was grade school, maybe high school. Um, my church choir, we did the the singing of them alternating uh, for our Easter service. I don't remember exactly when, but as soon as we learned this and learned the chant, it was, it's been one of my favorites ever since then because chanting anything is awesome. <laughs> so these two, they're together in the hymnal and they're actually meant to be sung together and in a special way. And they're laid out this way for a reason as well. So Christians to the Paschal Victim, it's the only quote unquote sequence in the LSB. So a sequence is a choral chant that historically followed the gradual and alleluia in the liturgy and precedes the gospel. So they were most popular between the 9th and 12th centuries, which is when this text for Christians to the Paschal Victim was written in Latin, obviously. Roman Catholics stopped using them after the Council of Trent in 1545 to 1563 because the texts were non-biblical. But Lutherans didn't have to abide by that council, so they kept using them until the 17th and 18th centuries when Lutherans uh, fell out of practice of using Latin masses. The text is attributed to, is it Weepo of Burgundy? Because that's an awesome name, but I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go with Weepo. He lived around 996 to 1048, so he lived a really long time ago. It's now appointed for Easter Day and the week afterwards, or the the octave afterwards. It came to American Lutherans in the 1969 Worship Supplement, which is quickly becoming one of my favorite little books. There's a lot of of gold in that book. And then Lutheran Book of Worship and Lutheran Worship. Worship Supplement and LW presented it to be sung alternately with Christ is Arisen, like the historical practice, bringing back the, the German medieval and Renaissance practice of alternating a choral verse in Latin and a congregational singing in German or English. So Christians to the Paschal Victim would have been sung in Latin by the choir, and then Christ is Arisen, or Christus Erstanden, would have been sung in German by the congregation. So this was originally done as early as the 13th century. Um, and sometimes Christ. Jesus Lane Death Strong Bands was even used, depending on where you were. So the way it's set in Lutheran service book, the choir would sing Christians to the Paschal Victim, which is why in the hymnal there's no music, because the music would be given to the choir. That is not a congregational part. And then the congregation would alternate that with the Christ is Arisen hymn on the next page. So the text huh. itself reads, Christians to the Paschal Victim, offer your thankful praises the lamb the sheep has ransomed, Christ who only is sinless, reconciling sinners to the Father. Death and life have contended in that combat stupendous. The prince of life who died reigns immortal. And then you'd sing the first part of Christ has arisen. And then speak Mary declaring what you saw when wayfaring, the tomb of Christ who is living, the glory of Jesus' resurrection, bright angels attesting the shroud and napkin resting. My Lord, my hope is arisen. To Galilee he goes before you. And then you sing part two of Christ is arisen. And then Christ indeed from death is risen. Our new life obtaining have mercy, Victor King ever reigning. Amen. Alleluia. And then you so I have a question. If this were going to be done like traditionally, would they actually have like the part 
that Mary is replying back, is that sung by a woman traditionally? That's, like that sort of that voice comes in and sings that section? That's a really good question. And I don't know. I would guess that the choir would sing the whole thing, but I don't know. Okay. That wasn't in any of my research. Although it is, I have heard it done in contemporary churches where they will have a male soloist and a female soloist going back mm -hmm. and forth. And it's really powerful that way. Yeah, that would be that would be a cool presentation. As as you mentioned, the conversation, it, uh, the text is a conversation between a narrator and Mary Magdalene. Uh, it was used in Europe, actually, in the Middle Ages as part of a play on Easter morning. These plays show up in Middle Ages, uh, acting out these stories in scripture. And I guess we kind of do that with our Christmas pageants. But I don't think we I don't think we do that much with Easter. We should totally bring that back more and sing this this with it. So the tune, if you've heard the tune, it's it's a minor. It's a Dorian mode. Wait, um, wait, 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 wait. You can't say it's minor and then say it's modal because oh him nerd. That's what my research says. I got her, you guys. Mode. My Maybe face right now is the gif of the woman doing like. Hold on. It says it said Dorian mode, which sounds minor to us. It sounds minor. And I'll tell you, <laughs> you're gonna be horrified by this. But Christ Jesus Lay in Death Strong Pans is my husband, his favorite Easter hymn. And every year for several years we were doing we would do hymn planning together because I was the accompanist and he was the pastor. And every year at Easter, he'd be like, I want to do Chris Lagentonspondent for the hymn of the day. And I would say, No, you can't do that because they want to sing I Know That My Redeemer Lives. <laughs> he would go, but Read it's such room, a good hymn. Pen. And I would say, You can't put a minor. You can't put a minor hymn on Easter. And he would go, it's not minor. It's modal. It's, modal. it's not sad. It's strong. So, <laughs> All right. so I am All your worst nightmare, Sarah. <laughs> you are right. I didn't even we have had this minor key written in my notes. It's, it's, it clearly says Dory mode. I just said it was minor. I'm sorry. <laughs> it does sound minor, though. But Seriously. you're right. You said I had this conversation every year for about 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> but but what you said was accurate. The the Dorian mode or the, the mode that sounds like it's minor to us conveys more sadness in contemporary music. But back in the Middle Ages, it was something of of strength um, and seriousness and virtuous character. So they didn't associate something that sounds minor to us as Sad. It was it was a strong hymn because of this mm -hmm. this minor sounding music, and I totally pulled out my gigantic book to check my work on that one. So you're welcome. All right, <laughs> moving on. Thank you. I totally guessed on the number of verses, and I know that my redeemer lives. So you might get me on that one. <laughs> you said it was ten, and it's there's eight. It's not ten, and it's yeah. it's eight. It, yeah. it feels like 10. It feels yeah. like 17, yeah. if you ask me. <laughs> so Christ is Arisen, a Lutheran service book 459, which is the German slash English hymn next to the Latin chant, is it's very short. It's typically sung with Christians to the Paschal victim. I don't think I've ever heard it by itself. It, they kind of go hand in hand. It's a medieval folk hymn, and its historical usage is actually pretty cool. It's part of those, those plays that happened during the Good Friday to Easter Vigil transition. So the Liber Ordinarius of the Salzburg Cathedral chapter 
from around 1190 is one of the earliest manuscripts with the hymn and it describes the the ceremony that they would do uh, that this hymn would have been part of good friday they would put an image or a statue of the crucified one into a grave um, at the end of the good friday service and then during the play during the easter vigil the grave was uh, secretly emptied by the men who were residing presiding over it and then those playing the three women, Paul and John, would then point to the empty grave and uh, everyone would sing these chants about how he was risen. So this hymn was sung, uh, the, the two parts of this were sung in alteration with the, the Easter sequence. So it's part of the liturgy during the procession of the baptismal font during Easter vigil. We don't process baptismal fonts during the Easter Vigil liturgy. We totally should bring that back. My that baptismal is where this font went. at my church is like a giant stone. Can't process that. So I'm really curious what their baptismal font looked <laughs> like, so that they would process them back in you know the 12th century. That's really fascinating. That That's a totally yeah. different story. <laughs> Challenge accepted. So I highly recommend if you aren't familiar with this, pull out your hymnals, have your church musician send you a copy of it, whatever, since we're not always at church during these weird times of pandemic. But go find yourselves a copy. Google it. It's all over Google because it's part of the, the the history of the Roman Catholic Church as well. So part of that historic uh, Latin mass, too. So if you just Google Christians, the Paschal victim, uh, you'll find probably even more information than what I even told you. Um but beg your pastor and your church musician to bring it back to your Easter service next year. You won't be disappointed. It's awesome. There you have it. That that is the end of my notes, people. I am I am done. <laughs> <laughs> Any commentary before we wrap this up? I will just say that this is great and it reminds me even more how much again, like this year I I I miss the chance to sing all these things. It's not the same singing it along with a recording or it's not it's not the same. And so I, I do love talking about it, but they are. They're the songs that I I know a lot of them by heart. Uh, these mm -hmm. are the ones that we we sing every year and um they're, they're, they're such a treasure. So maybe this year, having our Easter hymns be in a modal key <laughs> is a good thing that we can have the strength and maybe just a little minor something, minor exactly. note in there yeah. so that we can convey what we really feel. They're really appropriate yeah. this year. Exactly. <laughs> and it's never too late to pull out your hymnal and have a little hymn sing by yourself either, or hymn sing with your dog, or... I you know, did that yesterday, actually. <laughs> and there's hymn sings happening on Facebook, too. Churches are putting out hymns. So there's there's lots of resources if, if you need to if you need to have a little Easter hymn sing in your own house. I don't think anyone's going to complain. Hopefully no one would complain. So speaking of, of singing, there will be some music tacked on to the end of this podcast. Uh, since we're remote and we discovered very early on that recording uh, when we're all in different places doesn't work very well. Uh, you actually get to hear me and my husband singing on this one. So it's going to be pretty cool. Yay. This is a special thing. Uh, it'll be it'll be music by the girl sets. Uh, we'll see how many hours it takes us to record one hymn perfectly to our standards. Yes. <laughs> um, so you might get a few of the ones that are in here. I don't think we've decided yet what we're actually going to record but you'll get a little smattering of some hymns after so so stay tuned after, okay. the, after the closing bump to hear some easter hymns okay sarah i know you may not be able to do this for copyright reasons 
but you and Luther have to learn the Easter song. Just going to say it. <laughs> I don't even know. I've never heard it before. I'm not even oh, that's what Google is <laughs> go <do> that. for. <laughs> I'm going to have to go do that as soon as we're done recording. I want to change everything. Yeah. Like, watch it just... <laughs> Nothing My mind will be blown. <laughs> All right. So, ladies, if you want to participate in the poll, it's still there in the Lutheran Ladies Lounge group on Facebook. If you're not in that group, go join it. Find our podcasts at kfuo.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge or search for us on your favorite podcasting app. You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. Christ is risen. He is risen. He is risen. Views and opinions expressed on the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO Radio, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The Lutheran Ladies Lounge is produced by KFUO Radio and available at kfuo.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Join our community on Facebook in the Lutheran Ladies Lounge. Christians to the Paschal Victim, offer your thankful praises. The lamb the sheep has ransomed, Christ who only is sinless, reconciling sinners to the Father. Death and life have contended in that combat stupendous, the Prince of Life who died reigns immortal. Christ is arisen from the grave's dark prison, so let our joy rise full and free. Christ our comfort true will be. Alleluia. Speak, Mary, declaring what you saw when wayfaring, the tomb of Christ who is living, the glory of Jesus' resurrection, bright angels attesting, the shroud and napkin resting. My Lord, my hope is arisen, to Galilee he goes before you. Were not Christ arisen, then death were still our prison. Now with him to life restored, we praise the Father of our Lord. Alleluia. Christ indeed from death is risen, our new life obtaining. Have mercy, victor king, ever reigning. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Now let our joy rise full and free. Christ our comfort true will be. <laughs>
Christ the legions have dispersed. Let shouts of holy joy outburst. Alleluia! The three sad days have quickly sped. He rises glorious from the dead. All glory to we may live and see 